Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Um, yeah, so I would say that um, yeah, just make sure that you've got the, um, the the senior leadership and the the board support. Um, you know, I've I've seen many instances over the last few months whereby you know the um, it, could, it could fall on the HR manager or the health and safety manager or the procurement manager to to manage the program, and of course it, it is a big and complex program. So you know, just um, just to make sure that you do have the support of the board and the leadership team. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine. And today we have Martin Money from Ethics Space. Hi, Martin. How are you? Pretty good, thanks, Kwame. Um, thank you for inviting me along today. So today we're going to have a bit of a conversation around modern slavery. So why is this important? Well, according to the International Labour Organization's statistics, slavery exploits 21 million people worldwide. And it is a $150 billion industry. In an increasingly globalized world with complex supply chains combined with lack of transparency, modern slavery has been a major challenge for businesses. But, you know, there's good news. Um, governments have been taking action, uh, particularly in Australia, where we've had the Modern Slavery Act. And this will affect any business that has a consolidated revenue of more than $100 million dollars. Um, to be reported annually on the risks of modern slavery and their operations, supply chains, and what actions they're taking to address those risks. So, Martin, um, this is why you're here to sort of help answer some of these questions. But in case people are asking themselves um, who you are in this context, can you tell me a bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So, um, so I started working in the compliance and risk space some 20 years ago, originally in London. I relocated to Australia in 2008 and I've spent the last three years in Singapore. Um, yeah, having worked in different markets, I think it's really interesting to see um, how differently um, those markets um, really deal with some complex problems. And uh, I've always found Australia to have a strong appetite for technological solutions to some of those issues. Excellent. And tell me a bit about ethics space. Okay, yeah, no, so we started our business in 2011, and, uh, and the team behind Ethicspace is actually a team of industry experts that have worked with some of the largest brands in compliance. Um, so we started the business with a single purpose, and that was to help our clients eradicate corruption in their supply chains. So over the last few years, we recognized that our clients wanted a more holistic approach to managing supply chain risk. So, so based on that, we took the strategic decision to become participants of the UN Global Compact. And in doing so, we have designed our platform around their four key risk pillars, which is human rights, labor, environment, and anti-corruption. So in terms of human rights, last year, we started collaborating with Norton Rose Fulbright Australia on a modern slavery module. So essentially, we license their questionnaire and formula, which is delivered through our platform via our human rights module. So um, in addition to that, we're about to launch an exciting ESG product, which enables our clients to assess their ESG risk posture across you know, all of their suppliers. All right, excellent. So when it comes to assessing, um, I guess, your risk to the modern slavery risk in your organization. Um, is software essential? Well, it, it depends really on the approach the organization is going to take. Um, some companies will conduct an internal risk assessment before they decide on which suppliers should receive a questionnaire. 
Um, others will decide to send a survey out to every supplier in the knowledge that, um, that not all of them are going to respond. Um, so, but we suggest that around 50 um, is the number that um, is manageable, 50 and below. Um, I think when it, when it gets beyond that, like with any kind of data um, acquisition um, um, process, it becomes slightly unwielding when, when you get to more than 50. So now I think if, if, you, if, you, if you're just doing um, a relatively small sample of your suppliers, which I don't necessarily recommend, then it's very manageable using spreadsheets and, and other, other, other types of, um, of um, uh, medium. But um, yeah, so but anything greater than that, I would suggest is, uh, is you know, de- definitely um, you should think about software for that. And what are some of the critical things that a company should think about when they're undertaking their risk assessment or even before they start to undertake their risk assessment? Yeah, so look, I, th- I think the first thing is that you should decide um, on which suppliers are in scope. Um, yeah, if, if you think about the local florist that provides flowers for the reception desk, you know, on, on every Monday, um, you know, they may not be someone you want to include in, in that in that process. Um, but if you are going to send that questionnaire, really make sure it's the right one. So bear in mind that suppliers will be receiving scores of questionnaires. So you should really make the process as easy as possible for them. Um, the Norton Rose Fulbright um, survey is succinct and pragmatic in nature and it's designed to find high-risk suppliers. Um, we typically don't recommend that you ask for any policies or supporting information at the risk assessment stage, and mainly because you'll be compelled to, to read through what could potentially be hundreds of documents. So just worth bearing that in mind. Are there any other ways you can sort of supplement so you can get the information that you need from these suppliers? Um, I think it's um, uh, if you're going to be using a questionnaire, I mean, there are other ways to do that risk assessment. In fact, we've got a tool ourselves that would help you. Um, it will help you find the propensity for modern slavery risk. I mean, it's not it will guide you. But really, the most accurate way of actually finding out you know, more about your suppliers is to ask them. Um, but, you know, if you are going to send out the, the questionnaire, I think like most things, uh, preparation is is critical. Um, you know, we have some clients that have, you know, a greater than 90% response rate to the questionnaires. And, and that's mainly because they have really strong relationships with their suppliers and they communicate regularly with them and they have a, you know, what I would call a clean database. Um, we recommend that the questionnaires go to a person and not a generic email address. Um, and and I, I think if you do have that relationship with your suppliers, you've got a nice clean database, you've done the preparation, you've let them know that, that you're doing this and why you're doing this, then I think the response rates are going to be high. And we've seen that with um, with our clients um, over the last sort of six months or so. If you're captured by the Modern Slavery Act, you're probably a large company. And if you're a large company, then you probably need something more than the spreadsheet to you know do your risk assessments. So if you are using software, that is the way to go for you. Um, what should companies consider? Well, I think it's start with the end in mind. Um, so think about what problem you're trying to solve today and what challenges might emerge in the future. Um, an example of this, and we get we get asked this a lot, Kwame, actually, is like, you know, it's all well and good doing that initial risk assessment. But what do we do when we find some risk? 
And that, that's that's the question that, um, that that everyone wants the answer to at the moment because you know, it's 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 unclear. You know, what if this is a critical supplier? You know, what if they're the only supplier of that particular product or service? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how do we how do we actually ask for more information? Um, what, what where do we store that information? You know, can we do some due diligence on any historical breaches, uh, breaches or controversies that have happened in the past? And, and of course, yeah, if you've got a platform that really manages the end-to-end third-party risk management um, capability or workflow, then you're able to do that through the um, through the platform. So, you know, I, I think what we tend to find, and uh, having worked in software for many years now, is that um, is that what organisations try to avoid is having multiple point solutions to solve specific problems. So, you know, if, if you can find a solution um, that can answer all of those questions in a way that um, gives you that um, visibility, then, you know, that, that, would, that, that would certainly be something I would recommend. Right. And of course, if you're one of these companies and, you know, you spent a, a bit of money on this software, you obviously want to be able to measure the effectiveness, you know, to make sure that it is working. So tell me a bit about how companies go about making sure that, you know, they have a good benchmark and that it's working. Yeah, so so I mean, if you think about um, any kind of survey or questionnaire, right? What, what it's doing is giving you a baseline um, view of your supply chain, and that's a starting point. And I think the Australian Border Force is is asking um, organisations to measure the effectiveness of their program. So what, what you know, what measures have they put in? Or what, what measures are, are those organisations putting in place to manage the um, the the, um, the risk of modern slavery in their supply chain. So that baseline assessment is really just that. So it just gives you the ability to build on that. So in terms of measuring the effectiveness, you can do so at a macro level across your entire supply chain, but also by industry and also by supplier. And you know, so when we started to, to think about modern slavery in the context of our third-party risk management platform, that's exactly what we we uh, we thought about was you know, in in years two, in years three, in years four, and so on. You know, we want to be able to demonstrate that our clients are actually improving their um, their risk of modern slavery um, in their supply chain. They're actually doing something about it. They're managing it effectively. So look, yes, I think I think you know software does make that much easier. Of course, if you're dealing with spreadsheets, then it becomes slightly more um, challenging um, because you know you're um, the the data is, is not necessarily as easy to find and to um, to, to measure. But yeah, I'd, I'd say that yeah, software can certainly help you with that. Any final words of wisdom for risk and compliance professionals you know who have been charged in implementing or at least advising on implementing? Uh, a modern slavery program or anti-money modern slavery program in the organization? Um, yeah, so I would say that, um, yeah, just make sure that you've got the, um, the, the senior leadership and the, the board support. Um, you know, I've, I've seen many instances over the last few months whereby, you know, the, um, it, could, it could fall on the HR manager or the health and safety manager or the procurement manager to, to manage the program. And of course, it, it is a big and complex program. So, you know, just um, just to make sure that you do have the support of the board and the leadership team, you know, not not only from a, um, you know, from a financial perspective, but, you know, just just that support, that culture, that that you know, desire to to help the business to eradicate, you know, modern slavery within its operations and supply chain. So, yeah, look for support. Um, 
um, but also um, just just really you know think about the the program and then you know be realistic about the timeframes. You know how long will it take yeah. to implement? You know what are the measurement criteria? Um, who else can I learn from? You know, it, you know, as I say, we're all in this together. We're learning together, and I think that you know the more we can share our experiences, then the you know the, the more effective we can all become. So you know, that that would be be, be my um yeah, my, my thoughts on that. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today, Martin. That's my pleasure. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. And for any less listeners who want to know anything more about Ethics Space and the work that they're doing, we're going to put some links in the show notes below. Very good. Thank you so much. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary. <laughs>